0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. While we're turning in our Bibles to Psalm 119, I'd like to dismiss the pastor's pals uh, ages four through the third grade. We'll let you be dismissed to go to the uh, Fellowship Hall miss uh, Sarah and uh, Miss Taylor will be in there I know and I appreciate uh, those workers I appreciate the boys and girls coming and being in church tonight Psalm 119 it's so good to have uh, the babies with us uh, brother uh, Bill and miss Becky Bybee from Illinois and then brother Dave and miss Gwen Schnur we're so thankful you're here uh, visiting I hope you make them feel welcome and uh, don't hold it against them that Brother Dan and Brother Caleb uh, may give you a hard time sometimes. It's not their fault. They've done the best they can do. And uh, you say, well, well, they didn't do enough. Well, if you knew how much they did do, you'd be amazed. And uh, we're thankful they're here. Psalm 119, uh, as you know... Uh, from our Sunday night series, we're not going to get through the whole psalm. How many of you were already nervous about that? Anybody? Brother Bobby, did you really think that? You thought, oh my, 176 verses and it's already 10 minutes till 7. Well, we won't get it all done. Uh, We'll just try to get 99% of it done tonight and we'll finish up the rest later. But I want you to notice one word that is found in Psalm 119. It's found 25 times in the Bible, but it's found 11 times in this one chapter or this one psalm. It's an amazing word. It's a powerful word. It goes along with what we have uh, starting tomorrow night in our church, a revival. Uh, and by the way, I hope we don't wait for a revival on the uh, calendar before we seek to have revival in our own hearts. And Uh, God wants us to be revived, and God wants us to uh, be stirred for the things of God. But the word in Psalm 119, notice with me, if you would, verse number 25, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. That word quicken, it means to make alive or literally to revive. Quicken thou me, David says, according to thy word notice verse 37 turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way verse 40 behold i have longed after thy precepts uh your god he says i've longed after your laws i've longed after your statutes he says quicken me in thy righteousness verse 50 this is my comfort in my affliction maybe tonight you're going through some affliction and you need some comfort, here's the answer. David says, thy word hath quickened me even when I'm going through hard times. The word of God can do that. It can can give you new life. It can revive you. It can help you even in the hard times. Notice verse 88. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast Quickened me. Verse 107 I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Verse number 149 Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgment or thy justice. He says, uh, I, I get new life and I get revived when I think about the fact that God is just. You know, this world. There's a lot of injustice, right? There's a lot. And by the way, it's not all the uh, injustice that the media likes to portray, but there's a lot of injustice that's going on in this world. Can I tell you who can take care of all that? God can. God's justice can quicken us and make us alive. Verse number um, 154, plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. There it is again. Quicken me according to thy word. The Bible, uh, God's word can quicken you, can make you alive. Verse 156. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. And then 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us in these next few moments. May we Uh, be helped, and may we be uh, encouraged, and may we be instructed, and may we be prepared uh, for the days ahead. May we be prepared for the revival that will begin tomorrow night. I pray even now as uh, we are in this service, I pray you'd be with Brother Swanson and uh, his wife as they are preparing to travel to be with us. I pray that you would please anoint Brother Swanson and fill him and use him for the meetings this week. But Lord, I pray tonight that we would not miss this truth that you have for us. And may we be quickened. May we be revived. May we be made alive by the power of God working in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to, uh, you don't have to hold your place, Psalm 119, but I would like for you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 1, And you... This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, writing to Christian people, to save people, to born-again people. And he says in Ephesians 2, 1, and you hath he quickened. He said, Paul said, God has made you alive. God has brought you to life. He has quickened you who were dead. Aren't you glad for that past tense? You were dead. You're not dead anymore. You're alive. You've been quickened, but you were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse number 4, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. I want to give you a few thoughts quickly this evening. I want to say, number one, that we become quickened. We become made alive. We we are given new life, number one, when we get saved. You see, salvation is is a miracle that takes place. Now, I'll be honest, there's many different illustrations we can use to try to describe salvation, but how many of you know it's hard to describe It's hard to describe how God could take a wicked, sinful uh, soul like mine and God could save me and forgive me and make me justified and he could sanctify me and he could use me and he could take me and I could be passed from death unto life. That's hard to explain to somebody. Sometimes we'll use this example. We'll say salvation is like a, a, a man who is drowning. And that person is drowning and you throw uh, the life preserver or you throw the lifeline out and and that person grabs onto that rope and and, and on the boat uh, you pull that person back and that person was drowning and that person was dying and that person uh, uh, wasn't going to survive but then they got saved and they got rescued and I thank the Lord for that. Can I tell you, you are drowning. And I was drowning, and we were without hope. But God reached down into a a pit, and he pulled us up and set our feet upon a rock. And I'm thankful for that. I think that's a great illustration of salvation. But Ephesians 2 even takes it a step further. You see, that man who is drowning, he's not dead yet, right? Because you're going to save him. But Ephesians 2, it says, we were already dead we were gone. It'd be like you're driving down the road and you see a car accident and you pull up on the scene. And as you pull up on the scene, you try to, 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 to check for who is in that vehicle. And you, you go to that vehicle and you find the driver and the driver is unconscious and the driver is bleeding and you start feeling for a pulse and you can't find a pulse. And the paramedics pull up and the paramedics, they do all they can to try to revive that person and bring that person back. But that person is pronounced dead. He's gone. There's nothing that can be done. It's not a drowning man that needs a lifeline. It's not a sick man that needs medicine, but it's a dead man. And somebody pulls by and somebody says, let me help. And you say, you can't help. This person's dead. And that person says, I can fix that, and that person does what only Jesus can do, and that person takes that dead person gives them new life and raises them from the dead. Can I tell you, that's what salvation is. We were dead. You say, well, how much of salvation did you do, pastor? That much. What percentage of, uh uh-oh, did you invest in your salvation that much, zero? Salvation is not by works of righteousness, but it is all by the grace of God. And salvation is when we are quickened. We are made alive. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, He reached out and saved us and gave us life. say, why do we need life? Because Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, we were dead in our sins, but praise God, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you got saved. And when you got saved, you got quickened. You, 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 you were made alive. You were uh, revived from your condition. Number one, quickening. To be made alive, it happens at salvation. Number two, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 6. And I want you to see another uh, time when you and I are quickened, when we are made alive, when we can be revived. John chapter 6, if you notice in your Bible, verse number 63, the Bible says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. The spirit quickeneth, John 6 tells us. Notice Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse number 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. 1 Peter chapter 3, would you turn over there with me? 1 Peter chapter 3, we've been in 1 Peter some of these uh, Sunday nights. We didn't get to verse number 18, but I want you to see it. 1 Peter 3 and verse number 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. John chapter 20, verse 22, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says that as Jesus spoke to his disciples, he breathed on them. Now, how many of you know that's usually not a good thing when somebody does that to you? You know, there are people, and maybe I've been guilty of this sometimes, but there are people that sometimes they get a little too close when they're talking to you, and they kind of get in your personal space, and that was even before COVID, you know, and now you're like, you are too close. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the breath the breath is enough to knock you out knock you over, you know. But can I tell you, that breath of Jesus fell upon those disciples. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Ghost. You see, the Spirit of God is what gives us life. It says in Genesis, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul you and i if you've been saved you have the holy spirit of god living inside of you you say well how come i don't feel like it sometimes and how come i get discouraged It's because we don't crucify the flesh. It's because we don't yield to the Spirit. It's because we allow the flesh to have control and we put the Spirit on the back burner when it should be reversed. It should be the Holy Spirit of God who gives us life and who gives us quickening that we should allow to have control. Galatians chapter 5 speaks much of that. Number one, salvation will quicken you. Number two, the Holy Spirit of God. Will quicken you. That's why we pray for the Holy Spirit to move. And that's why we pray for the Holy Spirit to work. And that's why every time we come inside these doors and we come to this auditorium, or every time we go to one of these classes, or every time we assemble, we pray for the Holy Spirit to speak to hearts because we're not here trying to do this in the flesh. Uh, we're not trying to convince people with our wisdom or with uh, our our uh, uh, neat little stories or our illustrations, but we're trying to convince people through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit is the one who quickens and who makes alive, and the Holy Spirit is the one who can bring revival. We're talking about revival starting tomorrow night. I'll tell you this: number one, you got to be saved. You can't be revived if you've never had life to begin with and you've never experienced salvation. If you've never been born again, you're not going to experience revival. This revival for you is probably going to go over your head until you get saved. And once you get saved, then you need the Holy Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit to control you. You say, well, isn't it automatic? Never. Because every day... You have to crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts. And every day, you have to yield to the Holy Spirit of God. I'll go quickly. Number one is salvation quickens us. Number two, the Holy Spirit quickens us. But thirdly, we've read in Psalm 119 already, but the Scriptures, the Word of God, quickens us. It makes us alive. I want you to turn with me. You're in 1 Peter. Turn back a few books to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to look with me, if you would, at verse number 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. How can we be quickened? How can we be made alive? How can we be revived in our spirit, in our soul? and How can we experience revival? Well, I believe the scriptures bring quickening. It says in second Timothy 3 verse number 16 I want you to read this verse uh, with me it says in verse number 16 ready begin all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness now I, I know you've heard this before And if you haven't heard this before, you probably haven't been listening or you haven't been coming very long. But when we say that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, we mean it. We mean it 100%. When I say that this book right here is the Word of God, I'm not just saying that. That's not a figure of speech. That's not just, you know, cliche that we have just kind of say it, but we, you know, well... Yeah, it is the Bible, but let me show you this mistake here. And let me show you this. Oh, no, 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 no. From cover to cover, all scripture is given by inspiration. Now, here's what inspiration means. Inspiration does not mean that these men of God that wrote the Bible, that God impressed a a thought on their mind, and then they just kind of ran with it and kind of did their own thing. Now, each author obviously had his own style and had his own experiences, and obviously there's a certain flavor. But here's what we believe about the Bible. We believe that the Bible was inspired, and that word inspired, inspiration, literally means God breathed. It means that God said the words. And as God said the words, those authors, those human authors, they wrote it down just like God said. It's not that, oh, that author mixed up that part. Or, oh, that author didn't get this part right. Oh, no. It was given by inspiration. It was God-breathed. And so you say, why are we talking about all this? Because when I say the scriptures make you alive, it's because the scriptures are the word of God, period, end of discussion, I'll say this, and we live in a a day when uh, there is so much available to you online. There's so much on the computer. There's so much on the TV. There's so much on the radio. There's books, there's periodicals, there's blogs, there's all those things. But I'll tell you this. I wouldn't give you a dime for any of that stuff. that does not believe that the Bible is the word of God because God's word has been given to us It has been inspired it has been god breathed say well pastor but yeah that was that was the greek that was the hebrew those were inspired but somehow it got lost and here we are today in 2021 and boy it sure would be nice if we had a bible sure be nice if we if we knew what god wanted us to say but we're just kind of doing a little guesswork and we're just kind of picking this out and kind of like this Kind of don't like this. That doesn't fit with the way I want to live. And so we'll just kind of figure it out. Oh, no. The God that had the power to inspire his word had the power to preserve his word from generation to generation forever. Oh, Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I make that very clear tonight because I want us to understand that the scriptures are more than just an encouraging devotional book. The scripture is more than just some good ideas. It is our manual for life. It is our bread. It is our roadmap. It is our light. And without the scriptures, we will die spiritually. Jesus said it like this. Matthew, as he was being uh, tempted by the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. Out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live. What happens if you don't live? You die. So, how are you gonna get life? How are you gonna be quickened? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm glad we have every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm glad we have a Bible that has been inspired that has been preserved. I'm glad we have a Bible that we don't have to correct. We've got a Bible that can correct us. The Bible doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. And amen and amen. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 4. I wasn't planning on saying all that, but I'm glad I did. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. How can the Word of God quicken us, easy, Because it is quick. This book right here is quick. What does that mean? It's alive. The word of God is quick and powerful. That word powerful is the word where we get the word dynamite, dunamis. This book is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The scripture is alive and the scripture is quick and the scripture can quicken us. Jeremiah was ready to quit. He was ready to give up. He was ready to die spiritually, so to speak. But something happened. He said, but God's word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And he said, when the word of God got inside of me, I couldn't quit. I couldn't give up. I kept going and I would not throw in the towel because the word of God is what made the difference. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you're listening tonight on the Uh, website or on our Facebook, or maybe you're watching on the YouTube channel. Maybe you're listening on the radio, 95.9. You say, Pastor, you're you're trying to get folks ready for revival. I'm ready to quit. You're trying to get people fired up to do more for God, and I don't want to do anything for God. Can I tell you what can change that? This book right here. This book can quicken you. This book can give you life. This book can revive you. Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel was taken by God to the valley of dry bones. There was nothing there. It was just, it was a, a, a skeletons that were left in that valley. And God asked Ezekiel, he said, what do you see in this valley? And Ezekiel said, I see bones that are dry. As a matter of fact, he said, they're very dry. They're not, these these corpses are not even close to being alive. They're dead. The bones are dry. And God asked Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? You know what he was showing Ezekiel? Doesn't matter how dead you think you are. Doesn't matter how dry you think you are. Doesn't matter how hopeless the situation might be in your life. Those bones can live. And you know what it took? It took the breath of God. It took the wind from heaven to come and to make those bones stand up and to become a mighty army and for those bones to live. It took the word of God. It took the breath of God. I'll close with this. Isaiah 40. I remember my dad so many times, he would, he would say this. He'd say, you know, Jeremy, sometimes you get tired. And he didn't mean just physically tired. He meant you just get drained. And sometimes you just get so worn out. He said, and I, I would often think, you know, I need a nap. <laughs> I need some rest. I, just, I need some sleep. I need, to, I need to recharge. And he said, but he said, I found out that what I really needed was Isaiah 40. And it says in Isaiah 40, verse number 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the creator of the earth, is not weary. Uh, Let me get there and I'll give you the exact wording. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. i tell you how we can be quickened. i tell you how we can have revival. i tell you how we can have new life when we get back in this book right here. And I'm not talking about carrying it home and setting it on the shelf and leaving it there until tomorrow evening at 6.30 when you're leaving the house, coming to revival, and you pick it up again. You bring it to church and you take it home tomorrow night and and by the way, you understand what we're saying here, that you're coming tomorrow night for revival. Did you catch that? And then you get home and you set it on the shelf again. And, and, and every day you set it on the shelf. And then uh, after Wednesday night, you, you set it on the shelf until Sunday morning when you're coming for Sunday school and you pick it up. I'm glad for people to come to church. You need to come to church. I want you to come to church. God wants you to come to church. But if you wait to come to church to get the word of God, you will starve to death spiritually. You've got to get in the Word of God. And this book will quicken and make you alive. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week we